Welcome to the Cover 2 Resources podcast series, a podcast series about addiction and addiction education. My name is Amy McNeil. I lost my brother Samuel to a heroin overdose on October 23, 2015. He was 28. As a family, we thought we were prepared to help Sam fight addiction, but we were painfully mistaken. My family founded Cover 2 Resources in memory of Sam. Our mission is to arm others with the knowledge needed to best support a loved one struggling with opioid addiction. The Cover 2 Resources podcast is an ongoing series in which we interview experts in the fight against opioid addiction. It is made possible through donations and sponsorships from concerned individuals or organizations. If you want to help in the fight against opioid addiction, please consider donating or sponsoring the Cover 2 podcast. Go to cover2.org for more information. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, and via RSS feed. Simply search for the full name, Cover 2 Resources, on your platform of choice. Thank you for listening. Hi, this is Greg McNeil, founder of Cover 2 Resources, and I'm joined today by Iqbal Sundarani, who is the CEO and founder of BTNX Incorporated, a firm out of Ontario, Canada, that provides products to test for drugs. So, Iqbal, welcome. Yes. Thank you, Craig. The focus of today's session is really harm reduction. And harm reduction, the typical arsenal, includes needle exchange, naloxone to bring people back to life, and now test strips strips that actually enable you to test your heroin before you use it. Iqbal's organization, BTNX, has developed a product that enables users to safely test prior to use. So, Iqbal, can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yes. Uh, the product that we've developed uh, that tests uh, specifically for harm reduction uh, is for fentanyl. It seems to be a big uh, opiate crisis right now, all uh, related to the use of, or the illicit use of fentanyl. Yeah. And, and uh, the, the product was actually initially designed for uh, for physician use, uh, and, and the specimen used for testing was for urine. And, and, and because uh, fentanyl is also a, a pain medication used by pain doctors, uh, uh, here in Canada and in the U.S., uh, uh, the the doctors in in both countries here in Canada have to ensure when they prescribe pain medicine that 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 product is being used by their patients. So they actually perform tests on urine and and they're looking for a positive to make sure that the pain medicine that is prescribed is being used instead of being sold off. Uh, so one of the one of the things they do is they test their patients to make sure to ensure that the prescription is being used by the patient. And uh, what's been happening over the last couple of years or 18 months is that uh, the uh, heroin drug that is available on the street and other drugs are being spiked by uh, drug. Uh, dealers or whatever. They can also be used to actually test the substance too. And that's what uh, Vancouver Insight, uh, Insight is a injection site uh, funded by the Vancouver Health Authority where uh, 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 drug users can go in and, and safely be in a 
environment where they can inject their drug, and, and they have professional people that just in case they overdose. So how does that work for the user? So this, they go there, and the user asks for a strip to test their stuff. Take it from there. Correct. Uh, my, my understanding is that uh, uh, they have this little cooker in which they uh, heat up the, uh, the heroin, and then they pull that amount into their syringe. And because our tests are really sensitive, they then uh, put, a, I think, a few few drops of uh, distilled water in, in the cooker, just swirl it around, and then they dip our, our test into that, uh, uh, that uh, solution. And they're sensitive enough to pick uh, small traces of uh, fentanyl uh, that, 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 are, that would remain still in the cooker. And that would tell them, you know, what they're consuming is positive or not. How long does that take? Uh, the test uh, results actually will start to show within a few minutes. Okay. So pretty convenient then. Yeah, very quick, very convenient. And, and for harm reduction purposes, uh, we, we're, as a manufacturer of these tests, are ensuring that these are, uh, you know, very affordable. The cost is somewhere around a dollar per strip. Is that right? That is correct, yeah. Okay. So they, uh, they put out some additional uh, stats in terms of the results that they're seeing, and they said that their users in their study were 10 times more likely to reduce the amount that they use based upon when, when they have a positive finding of fentanyl in their heroin. That, that is exactly correct. It, it, it uh, gives them some sort of a control on how, how they should inject uh, the, the heroin. And users were 25% less likely to OD. That is correct, too, yeah. Well, that would seem to be a very positive addition to the arsenal of harm reduction tools, I would think. Uh, yes, I, I, I would believe that, uh, you know, uh, if any percentage uh, reduction in, in, in ODs is a positive thing. Other than just the harm reduction argument and life-saving argument, there's an economic argument here, isn't there? There is, there is, yeah. Apart from saving lives, there is also the, uh, uh, the economic argument on, in terms of very strong savings. And these savings uh, come from being, uh, uh, you know, using the test for, for preventative purposes. So you're now uh, saving costs uh, uh, when there isn't an overdose. You don't need a dispatcher. You don't need uh, an ambulance. And you don't need a triage nurse. And you don't need a doctor. And, and those costs uh, can add up in a hurry and can be quite substantial. Yeah, sure. So, when you put naloxone on top of that, sometimes then, multiple it, doses, it can get very pricey, can't it? Exactly. Exactly. And, and that argument, uh, if you've got all the uh, uh, literature that I sent you, is being put together very well by, uh, by the uh, uh, study that's being done in New York at St. Anne's, yeah. Yeah. So we'll look forward to their report in the, yes. coming, in the coming months here. What do you see as your plan moving forward to get this in the hands of more end users? Uh, our plan now is as we get uh, better uh, stats now being available, and we'll see what comes out of uh, uh, New York uh, study as well, I'd like to put these studies to all the uh, needle exchange uh, uh, 
organizations and, and, and not just in Canada but in the U.S. as well and make them aware of the availability of, uh, of our tests and, uh, and its uh, uh, significant impact on harm reduction. When do you and think those uh, test results would be in your studies? From, from New York, I would imagine that we should get uh, uh, some sort of results coming out within the next several weeks. Terrific. Now, Iqbal, can we go back into the science of this technology? And can you yes. describe for our listeners exactly how that works with the antibodies and everything? Yes. These, these, these tests, uh, the way they're designed, uh, they, they, they actually pick the, the, the antibody that your system produces. So that uh, in, 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 in the case of the, of the drug that is trying to, so try, that binds to the drug, and, and that's what attaches to the strip that you see. So it, it's called a competitive test because the, the drug is trying to bind to this or, or, or the dye. And if the drug is present, it will bind to the antibody that we spray on the, on the strip. And uh, by that binding, you don't see the line. So when it's a positive, you don't see a line. The one line that you see is, a, is, is what is called a control line. That tells you that the test is performing. It's valid. So, so two lines make a negative, and one line make a positive. And no line means the test is ineffective. Okay. Discarded. So pretty simple to interpret, I would say. Very simple to interpret, yeah. In terms of fentanyl but mm -hmm. there's some other strains that it may or may not catch. Can you share that? Correct. There are, there are many analogs of fentanyl. One of the big ones out there is, 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 is carfentanyl, and, uh, and there are several others too. So we are currently conducting some internal tests to see which analogs we're able to pick up. We're conducting some, some tests with uh, some university hospitals in, in, in the U.S., and at, at, at the current time, we've come up with, uh, with four antibodies to see which, which particular antibody is likely to pick up all the analogs, or are we going to need uh, two tests uh, to pick up all the, the analogs that are out there for, for fentanyl. The current test that we have is, is good to pick up just the fentanyl, and not the other analogs like carfentanil, and there are several others too. We hope that these these tests will, might take us two to three months to really identify which is the best antibody that will deter that will pick up all the other analogs as well. Yeah, that would certainly be important because, yes. as you know, uh, fentanyl um, is uh, fifty to a hundred times the strength of heroin, and carfentanil is, as I understand it, yet another hundred times that. Right? That is correct. Carfentanil right now is a drug that they use when they want to uh, put elephants out. So you, you can see the weight of an elephant and the weight of a human. Yeah. So carf carfentanil is an anesthetic for, for elephants. And uh, it, it's really deadly. You just need one grain the size of a grain of salt, and that could be deadly. Yeah, we've already had instances where officers making mm -hmm. a arrest have handled yes. it and yes. uh, passed out and had to be brought back, revived. They've overdosed just from handling it, had to be Correct. brought back through yeah. naloxone. Yeah. 
So that's right. This is why the 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 antibody now that we've identified that will cross, you know, that will cross react with carfentanil. We want to bring that into production like as soon as possible. We're hoping that our next batch of tests that we produce uh, will uh, we can we can safely say we'll also pick up carfentanil, the analog for fentanyl. Yeah. So maybe we'll come back and visit with you in the September time frame, and yeah. you'll have a test strip that will also include testing for carfentanil. That is correct. Yeah, we should have definite results by then. Okay. That we can share with you. Well, Iqbal, any uh, final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, uh, Greg, the, the, the only thing I can say is that the kind of work you guys are doing in terms of harm reduction, um, you know, it's just, uh, it's just incredible the effort you put in to, to ensure that people are safe. I'd like to congratulate your organization and yourself particularly, putting a lot of time and effort into these things. And, uh, you know, I'd like to say thank you very much on behalf of the society, what you're doing. Well, thank you so much, Iqbal. Um, really appreciate that. I'm joined now by Van Escher. Van is uh, currently serves as the Syringe Access Program Manager at St. Anne's Corner of Harm Reduction in the Bronx, New York. So, Van, welcome. Hi, thank you. So let's start off by, can you just tell our audience a little bit about how bad the problem is of heroin being laced with fentanyl? We are seeing deaths at a rate that we've never experienced in New York. Um, they, they're surpassing what we were seeing with HIV at its height in the early 90s when I was in this field. Um, they're estimating 1,300 fatalities for accidental overdose in New York last year, you know, in the previous years, it was under 900. So in, in the le less than the last decade, it's been up over 150%. And that's, it's just staggering what we're seeing. So you've started a program to help uh, users test their heroin prior to use, utilizing the fentanyl test strips. Tell us about how that got started. Well, I, a friend of mine runs two three-quarter houses in Falmouth, Massachusetts, uh, Tom Iwa, and fentanyl deaths on the Cape are incredible. I used to run a trucking program, and part of that was a quarterly random drug testing pool, and I started thinking, you know, maybe if we could just test for fentanyl, because I know if we were adding an additional test to the drug test pool, it was expensive. And I'm an epileptic, and I know my neurologist had told me he wants me on an Atkins-type diet because it's it lowers the threshold for seizures. So I used to have to get these ketone strips to check my urine to see how, how uh, things were going. And so I started looking for fentanyl strips, online and found some and did a little further research and then stumbled across an article where Insight in Vancouver, which is a safer injection facility, had already been using them to test drugs prior to injection. Um, so I, I contacted them and contacted Iqbal and ordered some 
How many? How did you get this thing started? In terms of what kind of quantities did it did you initially um, order, and how often do you go through this? Um, well, initially we'd gotten 500 to start, and um, I just received another order for 700. And you know, initially it was 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 kind of the trial test. We wanted to see if people would use them, what their feedback was, and you know, people are coming in and asking for them now and so we're we're going to amp up and make it uh more more available could you hold on one sec someone actually here for syringes i'm actually going to explain to someone how to use the strips and give him some so what you're going to do is you're going to prepare your shot as you normally would but it has to be in a sterile cooker okay and you're going to draw the shot out and set your syringe aside for a second you're going to add a little water back to the cooker, and you're going to take one of these strips. You're going to open it here, yep, and you're going to put it in. I have some used ones here. You're going to put it in. You don't want it to pass this blue line, okay? So you could just put a little water in, put it here, and keep it there for about 15 seconds. And keeping and, it there is right in the cooker? Yes. You're going, to, you're going to dip it into the cooker and keep it in the cooker and keep it there for about 15 seconds, and then you're going to wait, and a line or two will appear. Now, do you see the single line right here? That means this was positive for fentanyl. And fentanyl is 50 to 100 times more powerful than heroin, um, which is what's causing all the ODs that have been going on lately. Now, if there are two lines, even you see how faint that second line is? Oh, I'm sorry, the second line's right here. Do you see how faint that is? You can barely see it. Yeah, that means it's negative for fentanyl. This one's positive. This one's negative. Yeah. If it's positive, you know, you're going to want to do much less. So it's a very small amount because once it's in, we can't take it out, especially if you're getting high alone. Okay. Um, and, and you want to do that anyway because these drugs are illegal. We never really know what we're getting. The one with two lines means there's no fentanyl, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you got what you actually paid for. Sure. As you stepped away and were taking care of one of your uh, clients, yeah. you mentioned the fact that in Massachusetts, you heard a story about a dealer using the test strips to test his uh, yes. heroin prior to putting it on the street. Can you tell us that story? I had, I had spoken with, uh, there's, there's a woman there who, who I've known for years who works in this field who, one of the things she did that, that we would try to do is if someone has a good relationship with their drug dealer, and it's someone you see regularly if you're buying from one place. It's like your barista if you're getting coffee every morning. You develop a relationship, um, and you know your barista doesn't want you to die in a similar fashion that the person you're purchasing drugs from doesn't want you to die because there, there could be some sort of a friendship built or also, and it's bad for business. Um, so what we'd like to do is if people have good relationships with their dealers, provide their dealers with strips so they could test their product. And if it, it tests positive for fentanyl, they can then go to who they purchased it from and say, hey, do you know this is in it? Um, and kind of try to move up the food chain to hopefully either address it or, or maybe the person, uh, the people would... I don't know, uh, mix it sure. better if uh, sure. less, less of it. So, you know, something just to prevent, like any, any prevented death will make all of this worthwhile. 
if if one person that may have otherwise died doesn't, you know, all all the cost in the world, it it would be worthwhile. And she had said, you know, she'd give in strips to a dealer, and he was testing his packages that he had gotten from his supplier, and one of them tested positive for fentanyl, and he said he wasn't going to put it out on the street and actually was going to go back and and have a conversation with the person he had gotten it from about it. Yeah, that's definitely a, a, a positive step there and a positive use. Uh, oh, yeah. Certainly, potentially protect, uh, protecting a whole uh, much larger base. So this has really been enlightening. What, uh, Van, what final thoughts would you like to share with our listeners about what you've learned through this pilot program? Well, I mean, the the one thing that I've seen again is people do care about their health. People people don't want to be in withdrawal, but they also don't want to die. Um, so the majority of the people that I'm seeing that have an opiate dependency are are just trying to maintain and and not be in withdrawal. And people, I've seen plenty of people that were in the beginning stages of withdrawal, physical withdrawal, that would use the strips prior. Um, And similarly, like, you know, any positive change is the message, you know, of harm reduction. And and once again, it's it's being shown with this, like, people are coming in, and um, I'm not sure if you were able to hear, because it was on speakerphone, when I walked away and you're talking to him, I, I serviced three other people um, a woman who's been getting strips regularly had also brought someone who had said he just relapsed and started uh, injecting again after a period of not. And he said, yeah, I want some of those strips she told me about. So it's good that, you know, if you're injecting, you're here because you're not going to get hepatitis or HIV from sterile injection equipment that's a that's a really good point in terms of relapse in particular um, there they really need to be cautious right well I mean what we see in and New York uh, City or New York State actually is offering everyone that's being released from jail uh, naloxone and Narcan which is a drug that will reverse an opiate overdose because statistically we know within the first month of getting out of treatment or the the jail system is when people are most likely to have an, a fatal overdose. So especially if someone's just begun using after a period of not, whether it's from incarceration or being in a treatment facility or having been in a 12-step program of some point, um, of some sort, if if you begin using again, you you have no tolerance whatsoever and are much more likely to succumb to a fatal overdose. Well, Van, I want to thank you for your time today and your insight. Really appreciate this. Oh, no problem. My pleasure. During our interview with Van, a needle exchange customer by the name of Jesus began telling us about his experience with the test strips. Hi, I just put you on speakerphone for a sec. Actually, I have with me um, the first person I'd ever given a strip had just come in and is getting a syringe and another strip as well. Okay. So um, what is your client's first name, if I could ask? Um, Jesus. Jesus? Jesus? Okay. Yeah. 
Hey, Seuss, what benefit do you get out of using the test strips? Well, well it, 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 education is always first and foremost. You, you, you know, uh, in, in the event, this is a uh, uh, harm reduction. Uh, education is key. And uh, knowing, knowing that there's something other than what initially supposed to be gives you more of a broader outspec in, I guess, broader thinking in wanting to, you know, wanting to quit. Oh, somehow that's, that's giving you a little bit more of a, uh, is motivating you more having that insight towards but quitting? You have more insight. It's, 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 knowing that you're not, that you're putting more than one substance into your system actually, you know, kind of awakens, uh, you know, the, the, the mind a little bit more into into realizing, listen, you know, you, you don't get no younger. You, you're putting all these chemicals into your system, and obviously, when you say all these chemicals, you, you're adding fentanyl. You're saying, you know, you're adding another substance. You know, it makes you think, well, for a person like myself, that I want to quit. Every, it's not. It's not a day that I don't want to quit this. Hmm. There's not a day that you don't want to quit it. Right. So, yeah. what's stopping you from quitting? Very powerful, you know what? Uh, some days I'm more motivated than others. I gotta tell you, I'm the I I, I could be the biggest punk in in, in being fearful of, of going through the process of being dope sick. You know, I'm a coward when it comes to feelings, uh, you know, just in general. And, and having to go through the withdrawal process, uh, it it it, it seems it's funny. It seems that, uh, you know, it's something very painful that you go through. It's not an easy thing to go through, even if it's a, it's a medical uh, at detox or thing. It's still, it's still very, it's still very uncomfortable. Uh, you, you, I haven't found the right, I guess, to this day, the right way. Uh, you, you know, the, you just take a pill and that's it. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know. It's in order to, for, you know, for a person to stop, uh, they need to go through these, you know, the, 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 the withdrawal pains and, and, the, and, and you know, the, the, the sleepless nights and still the regurgitations, the not in the stomach. No more. Listen, I, I'm a punk to stuff like that. I don't want to go through none of that shit. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to step away from the pot right quick. I'm going to come back with some results. Uh, of two two different samples, and I'm gonna let you know what what you know what happened with the two different samples. Okay, that's right now. Yeah, that's it. Should be like in the next five minutes. I should have the you know the, the results. Okay, thank you, Jesus. As a footnote, Jesus did return with the test results from the two samples that he tried test strips on. One of them came up positive for fentanyl, and the other came up negative. On this episode, we've been talking with Iqbal Sundarani, CEO and founder of BTNX in Ontario, Canada, and Van Asher, who currently serves as the Syringe Access Program Manager for St. Anne's Corner of Harm Reduction in the Bronx, New York. My name's Greg McNeil, founder of Cover 2 Resources. Thank you for listening to this Cover 2 PPT podcast.
That's people, places, and things making a difference in the opioid epidemic. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Cover 2 Resources podcast. This episode is a production of Cover 2 Resources and is made possible by listeners like you. With your support, the Cover 2 team can continue to research and broadcast these resources to others in need. If you'd like to donate or to sponsor a future podcast, please visit cover2.org. As always, thank you for listening. Together, we can make a difference in the opioid epidemic, one life at a time.